Good evening. Welcome to This One Life, Stories That Shape You. I'm Sharon Witt, and my special guest this evening is an absolute cracker of a guy. Will Smith is an Australian youth leadership expert, coach, and speaker. He's also the CEO and founder of JCP Empowering Youth, and is known for his decade-long youth work, developing, implementing, and connecting innovative youth programs in Australia and around the world. He's a nationally awarded role model that has been recognised for his leadership contribution to the Australian community. Will draws experiences from the red carpet of Hollywood, I'll be asking him about that, uh, to working in war-torn streets of an active red zone in the Middle East. My goodness, this is going to be a great interview. Good evening, welcome. Will, it's so good to have you on the show. Sharon, that is probably the best intro I've ever had. I feel like you've got that straight from a website, but I'm very appreciative. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, that's good. Look, you you sound pretty awesome, so I hope this interview is going to, you know, uh, meet me. No pressure. (laughs) No pressure at all. Will, I've got in your bio, and I'm going to start with this. So you're 28 years of age now. I'll just put that out there. You grew up in a shed with no electricity, no running water, no flushing toilet. So, okay, start, start me with that. What sort of well, look? My yeah, my family's from New South Wales, so uh, what you don't from... have water or electricity or running water in New South Wales? <laughs> well, we do, uh, believe it or not. But my prior to me being born, my uh, my parents uh, moved down to Tasmania, um, and uh, I was actually born in Tasmania on a bit of a holiday over here, an experiment to see whether this is the place that they would move, but. Uh, my family come from a fairly low socioeconomic background, yep. uh, so not very well off, and um, they wanted a complete life change and, and decided Tasmania being a fresh, green, uh, you know, I suppose, um, proactive state towards uh, industry um, mm. would, would be a state where employment opportunities would jump out at them. So, yeah, Tasmania was the place we moved to, but uh, things didn't quite work out uh, the way they'd planned. So, yeah, for almost eight years, Wow! Uh, growing up, I spent uh, in a shed. So um, we were out in a really rural area in Tasmania. So there, there actually was no electricity hooked up uh, in the area at the time. Um, and uh, there was no running water in the bush where, where we were living. So, yeah, a lot of black bars. Uh, we call them black oh. bars. So we would get uh, water from the river, which was stained by all the leaves. And by the yeah. time you carry it up and, and wash yourself. We did have a generator uh, for one hour a night. So... Um, we uh, we used to uh, put the lights on for an hour and night and and, uh, and chill out, but lots of games of Monopoly and chess and cards. I bet. Did you yeah, have siblings, but, Will, growing up? Yeah, so I've got two older sisters and a younger brother. Um, so for me and my younger brother, we absolutely loved growing up in the shed. It was adventurous. As soon as the sun come up, we would get up. When the sun went down, we would go down. We'd play in the bush all day, every day. Uh, and for my sisters who are a little bit older, uh, being teenage girls growing up in a shed is the most uncoolest thing that has ever <laughs> happened to you in your life. So um, I would definitely get a whack over the back of my head if I told any of their friends that we would actually be living in a shed. So Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that made you a bit resilient growing up without all those uh, mod cons or do you think it just added to the adventurousness of a young boy's life? Oh, look, to be honest, I think if I reflect back on it, um, it assisted in some way. It, it provides some vulnerability as well. You know, we um, we, we were quite close as a family uh, just because we had to be, um, mm. but also in a way it, it made you want to um, step outside of the, the, family, the family comfort zone as well. You wanted to head out and, and adventure and sort of 
see how the world actually works. You want to know how other families live and going to and from school. Um, you know, we knew people grew up quite differently. We had child services come to the shed at one point because, you know, teachers were, were quite concerned and worried that, you know, we were living the way that we were. And, um, yeah, I think it made you somewhat resilient, but it also, uh, yeah, it, it probably left some vulnerability there as well. Yeah. So what were you like growing up as a teenager? Were you yeah. pretty much in between the lines? Did you do the right thing or did you, what what sort of kid were you like? Yeah. So my parents decided to send me to a school uh, going into high school uh, a fair way away from where I grew up. So yeah. about an hour's drive. Um, different community, different people put me around a different social circle. I was obsessed with football growing up. Absolutely mm. loved football. So for me, the only reason I really was going to school was to connect uh, with that obsession. So, you know, being able to interact with my four or five close mates and, and play football at school, um, it, you know, involve myself in the school footy team, listen to football. So school was school uh, for me was more about that social aspect of catching up with my four or five close mates. Yeah. Um, but I really struggled academically. Um, yeah, and, and, and year seven, eight, and nine were a little bit difficult for me. Um, it just the ability to concentrate and fit in and uh, and be able to follow instructions was probably something that uh, yeah something that I struggle with but but year nine the end of year nine was was my was my change year i uh, yeah I had a massive moment in year nine which I actually attribute everything I've ever done in my life and I know I'm only 28 but everything I attribute up until this stage actually relates back to that moment in year nine for me so tell me what happened sitting in a school assembly. There's around 230 kids in my grade, um, so quite a big school. Um, I was a grey man in my year group. Uh, If you asked anyone who Will Smith was, most people would tell you about the actor. Uh, They wouldn't tell you about the guy in their grade. So uh, I was sitting in assembly. I was flicking paper at people up with my best mate sitting at the back trying to be the hidden hidden grey man, the losers in the grade um, (laughs) who, who think that they do stupid stuff to look cool. Um, and, and the whole assembly was about um, signing up for programs that could either assist you in your personal development or for you to go and assist someone else through voluntary work. Mm. Um, and at the end of the assembly, as a joke, one of my mates signed my name up to a sign-in sheet uh, to go and volunteer my time with at-risk youth. Wow. And at the time, I was probably the one that was in need of the program. Um, but um, I had a teacher come up to me that afternoon and she said, you know what? Like, I'm so excited, I'm pumped, this is going to be the best thing for you. Uh, and, and I was like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about right now, Mrs. Mm-hmm. but I didn't sign my name up to anything. And uh, and she called my dad, my dad called me, and, and eventually I was I was forced to go on this program uh, that was in the, the summer holidays between year 9 and 10. And I rock up uh, to this camp. Um, I was surrounded by a whole bunch of people that I ordinarily wouldn't interact with, people who were happy and clappy, people who were enthusiastic and wanting to change the world and you know inspiring motivated and I just thought the whole thing was corny and these people were naive and you know there was no way I was going to sing songs and clap my hands Mm -hmm. and dance and do stupid stuff but the purpose was that uh, as a year 9 10 student we would partner up with a primary school student who was really struggling and a kid that might have been caught up in youth offending or a kid who was from a vulnerable background or you know and we would spend the whole week with that one person so 30, 30, 30 volunteers and then 30 kids wow. partnered up one-on-one. And my young person was the first to arrive on the camp. He had a shaved head, piercings throughout his face. His ears were stretched out. 
And I just created this perception of him in my head. In fact, I turned to the guy I was standing next to him. One of the first things I said while I was on the pro, I was like, if this kid stabs me, I swear to God, I'm going to go back to the design and have words. So um, within three hours, me and this young kid, we were best mates. We got along like an absolute house on fire. And to be honest, like you asked, you know, for me as a teenager, what was I like growing up? I, I, the year eight and nine, I spoke three words to my parents. Good and not much. How was your day? Good. How was footy training? Good. How are your mates? Good. What did you get up to today? Not much. What did you get up to at footy training? Not much. So I actually went home from that experience and for the first time in a couple of years, I actually shared with my parents a genuine conversation. I told them everything we'd done on the program, everything that we had, everything about the young person I was partnered with. And, and I don't know, I just walked away and thought, you know what, this is something that I want to continue to do. And I dare say you would have made a huge impact on that young man as well. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I actually have caught up with him uh, about five years later um, mm. and, and, and interacted with him. But um, I think that for me personally, the crux of the whole program was that I embraced the opportunity. You know, to be honest, I was forced to do the opportunity, yeah. but, but I did do it. But I, but I left that program and decided that I, you know, had had an experience that, you know, I suppose growing up in a shed and coming from a country community, you, you don't really experience a lot. You, you sort of, you, you're definitely stuck in the way of which you and your family grow up. And, and for me, I just walked away and I was like, whoa, like I'm feeling feelings in my chest right now, like doing good, being good, feeling motivated, feeling inspired that I'd never, ever felt before. And I just... I wanted to become addicted to that feeling. So, you know, I I continued doing youth programs. I started embracing heaps more opportunities. And I graduated from this school, which at the time and still now is one of the biggest schools in Tassie, as the the college captain. So I went, yeah, I went from being a grey man in my my year group to sort of being the front runner or the the leader of the school, all based on that one experience. That's huge. And it goes to show, doesn't it, that sometimes – we have these defining moments in our lives that we weren't expecting. You know, if, yeah, imagine yeah. if if your mate had not signed you up. Just you know, yeah. those defining moments that just can come along and you grabbed the opportunity. I mean, I know you were kind of forced into it, but how amazing that yeah, hundred percent that yeah. moment could actually set you on a on a path that was really going to alter your life, like really become your life's mission. Um, you, you left high, high school. Did you go straight into the police force? Because I know you have been a member of the Tasmanian police for a number of years. Did you do that out of school or did you do something first? Uh, so, yeah, I, I played around a little bit with real estate first. Um, so What sort of real I estate agent were you? <laughs> I was just a talker. Like I've earned, I earned more money in real estate when I was 18 than I've ever earned since. Um, you know, really? my weekly wage was through the roof. Yeah, but it was just, for me, it was just something I wasn't passionate about. So yeah. um, I just knew that uh, there was, you know, I, I just needed to do something more. There, there was probably a big, bigger reason I left real estate as well. Being 18, I am very egotistical. I think, I, you know, I have uh, traits that are really impulsive. And so when you add that to a, a teenager and then you give him a whole heap of money, um, you know, it probably wasn't the best version of myself either. Yeah. And I knew that I needed a career uh, or, you know, I needed people around me that would actually cater for that impulsive nature. And, and for me, policing was the perfect career. It would, it would allow me to have 
you know, adrenaline. It would la- allow me to, you know, do exciting things, have fun, contribute back to the community, but also it would hold me accountable. And that was probably the biggest tool for me. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's great wisdom from a young man, though. Like to, to have actually that wisdom at some, such a young age. Some people are in their 30s or 40s before they realize they need that sort of grounding. So that's, yeah. that's pretty, a pretty significant thing to realize in those early years. So when did you actually join the police force? Yeah, so I joined the police just at the end of being 19. Mm. Um, I um, was fairly confident uh, in regards to the fact that I'd saved up a heap of money as well in real estate. I was quite comfortable to step into a career that would take a big pay cut, but you know, knew that it was something that I wanted to be passionate about too. So I joined the police and, and soon graduated uh, into a local city here in Tasmania up on the northwest coast. Um, I spent a couple of years just in uniform, working out on the street. I did a country posting um, where I was able to work uh, and do some supervisory work as well. And and probably that was the biggest growth for me in the country area, working by myself, you know, as a, as a young 20, 21-year-old police officer, um, 22 just when I, when I moved in the country areas, and then working by yourself, covering a highway three hours across, three hours down, there were 17 small towns in that whole district. Um, and you'd work by yourself covering those areas. So, wow. um, you know, it was, uh, I definitely grew a lot as a person. Um, I left there and went in, uh, and worked in drug squad as a detective. Um, and uh, due to an injury, uh, bounced into prosecution services where I worked as a prosecutor in our courts for a period of time um, before building up my fitness again to then. Uh, move into special operations and for the last few years I've been working uh, as a tactical operator in the special operations group. Will I want to touch on that time in the police force we need to take a quick break my special guest this evening is Will Smith from JCP Youth on This One Life stories that shape you.